1: Good morning, and welcome to Say Yes to Spirit, encouraging you on your spiritual path. Ah, here we are again, another
0: Say Yes to Spirit.
1: And goodness you do this once a week, or I might, you know, forget, really, it's been one of those kind of weeks, and I'm remembering, oh, that is what I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> yeah, just say yes, yes. And today, as we always do, we have a theme, and our theme today is forgiveness. And uh, we, even though we've talked about forgiveness before, it's the kind of topic that we probably could do once a month and always have something to say about it,
0: because
1: <laughs> it seems like we're always uh, needing to forgive someone. Uh, in our lives, or forgive ourselves. So uh, we haven't done this topic in a really, really long time. And we'll see what happens with it today. But before we get into forgiveness, what it is and what's going on with us about that, um, let's do our Connect the Dots. Our, our last show, the focus was on freedom. July so 4th, that's right. Yeah, so uh, any (laughs) of the dots between our conversation about freedom and our upcoming conversation about forgiveness?
0: Well, you know, I think about it. I
1: think that there is, in terms of freedom, I know a lot of the things that came out of that conversation for me was that freedom is, is mine because I have a choice, that freedom in terms of how I define it, is, is I have a choice.
0: Yeah. If I have a choice,
1: then I'm free. And I think forgiveness is always a choice. And I can think back in times of my life when I made the choice to forgive, and I certainly can think back in times of my life when I made the choice not to forgive. And I actually kind of see value in both, but, um, but I definitely see it. I see a big connection. It, you know, absolutely, forgiveness is, a choice at its core as well. So, yeah, isn't that wonderful when there's a real connection? That just makes me happy somehow. So, I know how
0: important that is to you, yes.
1: am <laughs> such a easily entertained little girl.
0: <laughs> so, um,
1: cool. So, freedom last week uh, and forgiveness this week. And I really haven't had anything come up, um, or I haven't had anything, you know, come up and really jump out at me as, oh, this is related to, you know, freedom, that conversation, you know, freedom versus independence
0: and, you
1: know, anything come up in this week. Nothing has come up for me this week that has really made me go back to that conversation. So um, we could take a little break and come back and talk about forgiveness. Fabulous. Welcome back to Say Yes to Spirit, encouraging you on your spiritual path. And our theme this week is forgiveness. Forgiveness. So, um <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you not know where to start? There's just so much to talk about. Right, there is. It's like do I want to go there or do I want to go there? Well, let's start with a quote. From Lewis Smedes, and Lewis Smeads has written a couple of books about forgiveness. Uh, He's one of the authors who, um, you know, he wrote When Bad Things Happen to Good People. No, he didn't. Harold Kushner wrote When Bad Things Happen to Good People. Uh, Lewis Smedes wrote two or three books that are about forgiveness and, you know, healing the hurt and getting through it. And um, he said, when we forgive, we perform a miracle hardly anyone notices.
0: Say that again, when we forgive.
1: We perform a miracle hardly anyone notices. Ah. And I think, you know, a lot of times when we are we um when we are resisting forgiving someone it's because we want them to notice. I mean, you know, we want them to notice how much they've hurt us or how unfairly they've treated us and we want them to notice it and to be apologetic or and you know, make a big deal out of it. We want them to, or we want them to experience the pain or discomfort or confusion that we've been experiencing, and we want it to be noticed. We want our pain and our sense of, you know, inequity. We want it to be noticed. But when we forgive, it, it is like a miracle, because it's especially the bigger it is to us. It's a miracle that we could forgive someone and then nobody notices it. That's just lucky, that just doesn't make it worthwhile if I don't get all the praise and affirmation for for forgiving, right? Being the bigger person? (laughs) Yeah, it's like, no wonder it's so hard for us so often to actually. To really forgive, so, well, maybe, we, and maybe we should go back there. When I, when we use the word forgive, what does it make you think of? Like, what does it even mean? Ah, uh, you know, people uh, sort of classically say that you know I forgive someone for myself so that I can move on. You know, this person did this horrible thing to me, that I'm going to forgive him or her, so I can move on. Forgiveness isn't, you know. Affirming that the horrible thing didn't happen or it's not giving them a free pass for what they did it's it's opening up a conduit for me to be free there's, a, there's another connection for me to be free of that experience on my side of the street and so when I think about it I mean that's the definition that just pops to mind and as a therapist you know I've told I've repeated that mantra so many times you know you can forgive you your rapist, you can forgive, your child molester, you can forgive, you know, baby killers, because you want to move on yourself, not because you want to, you know, do anything for the person who committed the act, and um, so now, as we do in this show, which I think is so interesting, is now I'm saying, do I really believe that, or have I just said that a thousand times, you know? I just like, oh, I know that. That's like the the right thing to say, but I really, really really believe it. Well, and the the whole idea about forgiveness um, and the, you know, because you are forgiving someone, like you said, you're not condoning or approving their behavior. And, you know, you're not saying it's okay, but you are saying I am going to release this and I'm not going to let it, allow it to affect how I am operating today and going forward. Right. And that's the classic. I mean, you've heard that, right? Yes. So when you stop and think about it, do you think, Yeah, I still think that's the key or is that the crux of forgiveness or is there some is there some even deeper reason to forgive in terms of, you know, ultimately if we're all one mind and a part of the whole experience, then really, you know, by forgiving this other person I'm forgiving myself and I'm in some way Well Well, yeah, (laughs) I'm understanding that whatever that person did, if we're really all one that whatever that person did, yeah. it, it it had to happen that way, or it served some purpose that's bigger than a purpose I can personally, individually understand. And so there's really nothing to forgive, because it is all unfolding not from a perspective of fate, but from a perspective that all things work together. Uh-huh. That it you know that when we talk about the qualities of God and you are are the attributes of God and you know you start listing them out you start listing you know joy and beauty wisdom health wellness abundance prosperity i mean you you start listing all these qualities and then sometimes someone you know will be in a class or something and some and people are just adding to the list and somebody will say patience, right? And you'll be like, no, patience is not a quality of God because God doesn't need patience. Patience is a human quality. And forgiveness is like that too. There, God is not a forgiving, there's nothing to forgive. But If it's all God and God is in all things, then, you know, God doesn't need a quality of forgiveness. God is total love. And so, again, forgiveness then is on that list of qualities, experiences, characteristics on the human level (coughs) that benefit us and that help us in our human experience. But we're we're not modeling or following God. Now, we may be following the example of the master teacher, Jesus, who you know, lived as a human being and experienced, you know, forgiveness and modeled forgiveness and taught forgiveness as a lesson for our human experience. But it's not a quality of God. And, you know, I can remember when I was, um, Involved in the Christian Christian mystic order, one of the kind of the concepts that we worked with was trying to have that experience of living, um, of having a a a real life human experience where I didn't feel the need that that someone could do something to harm me that they would then need forgiveness for. Right. Um, you know, to even stretch that to to its extreme thinking. You know, I was sexually abused as a child. So, if ultimately, you know, I, I'm, I'm this this mystical energetic energetic form that you know is having this experience of love and peace and joy, then that was an anomaly. And in, in my waiting for him to apologize to me or my needing to forgive him is as you were saying, so much a part of the human experience, and not even a thought in the, uh, you know, ethereal realm, so to speak. And um, it was really a kind of a mind-boggling kind of thing. But after I kind of got over the mind-boggling kind of thing, it kind of evened the playing field of life in a way. And looking at you know these horrible things that we think are unforgivable, and then these little tiny things that we do that we don't even ask forgiveness for, and in a strange way, it's these little tiny things sometimes that become the little tiny bird underneath the saddle that causes the infection that kills the whole being. You know, it's like in a strange way, the big things are almost, um, you know, somehow more forgivable, Or I guess, if that makes sense. But, but it's an interesting concept to kind of try to work beyond the realm of forgiveness and get into a realm of, you know, it, it, it is all good, even if it appears to be horrific. There's something else at play that, you know, that my human's just not seeing yet. Exactly. And that, I think... <laughs> <laughs> now, that was Leslie Deep, yes. You do that. You do that all the time.
0: And that's <laughs> people yeah. And that's
1: so you know, uh, uh, when Colin Tipping came out with the book Radical Forgiveness, I think that's why, why you know it was described as so radical because it it all all the book really um, stands firmly on is there is nothing to forgive, and <laughs> if you really can. Walk yourself through the process of, you know, either either understanding and accepting that, you know, there was there were sacred contracts made before birth uh, on a spiritual level that you know that there were entities that agreed to make sure you had certain experiences. And then you're born and you forget the agreement, you forget that there's a contract, so. So either from that perspective of there's really nothing to forgive because it was, there was an agreement in spiritual form before you went and came into physical form to have that experience, or there's nothing to forgive because it is all God experiencing life through you, through me, through the experience of, that each human has, and and it and it all fits. And I think that for me, um, was the time. Not so much reading the book. I had been exposed to that idea maybe 15 years earlier. I probably with Carolyn Mace. Um, oh, so that. And. Um, You know, but when that came into my life, maybe 20-plus years ago, um, maybe between 15 and 20 years ago, that's when it was like, oh, yeah, I really could get, I really got a different perspective about forgiveness. And two things happened. One, there were just so many less times when I even felt I needed to forgive someone you know, or that they had done something that required forgiveness.
0: Right. Well,
1: it still happens, but it, you know, it happens rarely. And, um, you know, and it just gave me a, a deeper level of peace. Now, that doesn't it mean like
0: that. you level of peace, yes, yet.
1: yes. It gives me a deeper level of peace that a lot of times I never even compared to 20 years ago. You know, where I might have felt I need to have a conversation with this person because they need to know. <laughs> exactly. They need to get fixed. You know, they need to understand this is not. And, and there are conversations that each now I might have about to establish boundaries about, you know, something that's acceptable or not acceptable behavior. But it's not from a perspective of you've wronged me and you need to apologize or I'll never forgive you and, you know, I'm holding that. But that happens so rarely now that it really, really jumps out because it's like, wow, Tracy, you don't normally have
0: that kind of reaction, so what is it that, you know, up that to this level of fun? Well, it seems because you know, there's a now, you know, it's almost like it's more painful for me when it happens, because I'm more disappointed in myself. I, uh, had a chat that was cute about our dog, and I would say, so caught up in the emotion of it, and I was, I had to teach a class at the jail at the jail, girl, and uh, so I could really, you know, sit down and gnash my teeth and throw myself into the wall, which I felt I did. and when I was driving to the jail, I kept having this sentence in my head, you know, let either you believe this stuff or you don't, either this stuff is real or it's not, and if it is real, then, you know, there's, this is okay. That cat's okay, the dog's going to be okay, the event is going to be, you know. And I just kept going that either it's real or it's not real, either I believe it or I don't believe it. And it was very telling that I, you know, now I'm at that, that point for me that it's like, gosh, you know, I'm either going to have to kill that whole baby out or I'm going to have to, you know, live in the bathwater. So that's probably not exactly what I
1: was saying, that analogy, but am uh, but so I suspect we, we, we followed
0: it, yes. Yes.
1: Yeah. And it is, a, I mean, th- that's, that's really actually exciting.
0: Not really. Uh, it's really exciting. I'm going to do something if I screw it out of that one.
1: Oh, that's really exciting to be able to see that, wow, you know, I'm at a milestone place in, in my own spiritual development and my spiritual maturity. I want to be upset and angry. I am upset and angry. And at the same time, it's like you're the observer, you know, wow. seeing you be upset and angry and, and, you know, having the the back and forth of, okay, you're upset and angry, and if you really believe this stuff, you would, Maybe not be so upset and angry. Not that you wouldn't care, but (laughs) care, and it would hurt because we have the human experience and we don't want to, you know, do a spiritual bypass and pretend that we have no feelings.
0: Um,
1: And it's like, does it take you into a downward spiral or do you just observe, that's what I'm feeling?
0: (laughs) Right.
1: No. And you know, there's something about when we're when we're talking about forgiveness that just went through my mind. You know, even though it may be really challenging, it's still easier in some ways to forgive an animal, a pet, an animal, than it is to forgive a human being. Sometimes, because we think human beings are thinking and are choosing and are manipulating things
0: to go their way. Right. <laughs> well only really probably right? because they don't want to some people they don't want to stand up and ask if we didn't for they want no more awareness or they're operating us
1: I think a lot of times we do. We jump to the conclusion that people did things purposefully to hurt us or to deny us what we want or something. And, and you know, most of the time people are too busy just trying to survive in their own life. They're not thinking at all about what the impact of what they said or did is happening. <laughs> You know they're showing up saying things that well of course and you know I do a lot of diversity training and it just um, it used to amaze me how many times we'd be talking about something in a you know in a class or a workshop and somebody would come up at the break because they didn't want to say it in the whole class you know or every now and then in the whole class and they'd be like you know I've used that word all my life I re- I really didn't know that it was inappropriate or, you know, I use that phrase, you know, everybody in my family uses that phrase. It's not something that is, you know, kind of common knowledge or the media has covered as an inappropriate phase. You know, people aren't losing their job over, you know, using, you know, like the N-word or something like that. But, you know, a conversation will come up in the class and, and somebody will invariably... You know, be like, well, I don't know how many people I have offended now, and, you know, now what do I do? What If everyone who ever heard them use that phrase was walking around, you know, judging them and hating them and, you know, not forgiving them for their lack of knowledge or their, you know, ignorance of the impact. If you don't give the person feedback, how can they change their behavior?
0: Yeah, and that that feedback is different than looking for a apology. You know, I'm going around it in terms of you wronged me, right? I want you to feel badly and apologize. And rather going from a term of education, and did you know? Did you have an idea? And you know, with the the hardest part is really the pure intention, and you know. Getting
1: them that benefit of it out. Right. And that's not easy to do a lot of the time, but that is what it, that is what it takes. And, you know, getting back to that whole concept of, you know, forgiveness being a human experience and that it doesn't really exist in the realm of, you know, a spiritual nature. Um, in some of the more traditional Christian philosophies, so you know, I'm baiting you now, setting you up to be the expert. Is um, is there some theme that we that we look for God's forgiveness, or we need, you know, if we do X, Y, Z, then we are forgiven because we're sinners, and then we get to get to go to heaven. Is that? Am I thinking correctly? Well, what that makes me think about is in um in traditional Christianity the idea that Jesus died to erase <laughs> sins or to cover your sins and so you have been forgiven because if Jesus was the sacrifice for you knowing that you are human and you will sin and you are a sinner and so God loved you and the world so much that he gave his only begotten son in order to wipe away or counteract all the sins that you are going to make, you and everybody else is going to make for eternity. And in that sense, it's not even presented as God is forgiving you. It's God gave. God gave his son, Jesus, because he loved you so much. So it's not God forgiving you. It's God giving his son to cover your sin.
0: So, so it's like uh, forgiving you in the, um, in three months, like what I do, you get forward.
1: Mm-hmm. They'll pay E-mail.
0: E-mail. E-mail. Mm-hmm. Again, a He will. And get out of jail card for
1: free. Right. And you know the I, I I agree with you that in the um you know in the sense of how we often think about casual sense of forgiveness or earning your you know you have to earn your way into heaven you must follow the Ten Commandments you must but in all of those belief systems there's also the you know but real in reality if you believe in Jesus Christ then your sins have already been taken care of.
0: So forgiveness concept, there.
1: Well, we talk about it as forgiveness in terms of human terms, but you know, again, as I say that, as I was saying it out loud, it strikes me that it's really not. I'm forgiving you. I'm accepting who you are, and I'm going to sacrifice my son. To make sure that you are covered that you know any that you are taken care of, and that is more of a giving that's not I'm forgiving you, I'm giving my son I'm giving what's most i mean you know this is in the context of a traditional Christianity where we where the you know entity that we call God or spirit is some some entity outside of yourself. You know, kind of the ruler of the universe and the world, and it's like, "Oh, no, it's not to forgive you for what you're doing i'm I'm giving out of love for you, I'm giving my son's life so that you won't have to be punished for anything you do. My son will give his life
0: that, that we've taken uh, my interpretation is that sometimes we've taken that concept. And kind of turn it into God forgiving versus God giving.
1: Well, I, 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 it makes sense though, because you know, in the in in the context, if I didn't have the spiritual depth or the spiritual maturity that I have at this point, you know, I I you know, I surely didn't think about it that way when I was in a, in my teens. You know, because that a lot of times it is talked about, God on the throne, and, you know, God decides whether you, you know, actually Gabriel or St. Peter, but God decides whether you get to come to heaven or not. There's this judgment, this sense of judgment. God will send you to hell, in, you know, instead of heaven, if you don't do these things. Um, but when you... You know, actually read the Bible. It you know really doesn't say it quite that way, and um, yeah. So that is interesting when we talk about you know the number one impulse of spirit, the number one impulse of God is love, and to, to do all things from love. You know, really shifts the perspective about judgment and decisions, and, wh- and what was the motivation behind different things that are in the myth or in the story of the Bible or other religions?
0: Right. I wonder if some ways, you know, we don't kind of, um, you know, do that kind of trick in our mind with the human experience of forgiveness, you know, are we really forgiving for ourselves? Are we giving that gift? Is it really maybe a gift that we give to this other person because we've gone to the extent that we no longer want to hold on to that anger or that sadness or that memory and so we're going to forgive and I I'm doing it for myself and I'm not you know, giving a blessing to this horrible thing this horrible person did, or is it really that I am kind of giving them a gift of letting them off the, you know, maybe I am giving them a gift of kind of letting them off the hook, but we don't really want to say that because God forbid we could do a child molester or a baby killer or, you know, all these horrible things that we think are know, What would happen if we just, turned around and gave the gift of forgiveness, you know, and turned around and said, you know, this formal sort of thing, certainly if you were your, you know, spiritual mind and love for spiritual experience, you would never have done this, and I know that, you know, I know the truth of you, so I'm going to give you this concept of forgiveness, I'm going to give you this, let you off this hook, so to speak.
1: Well, I think if you, I, I think there's something to that. I mean, we've, we've seen stories in the news and, you know, over over the years where someone whose wife or child or, you know, sister or parent was killed, you know, was in a, killed in a car accident or murdered by someone, you know, in a very violent way, and then, you know, during the trial process, they actually say to the killer, you know, I forgive you and, you know, and I love you, or even what you said. I know that, you know, I know that at the core, God is in you, and, you know, whatever took you astray from that, I, you know, really pray that that will be healed. And, um, and how emotional and the impact that that has when, you know, often, not always,
0: but when this
1: person who has, you know, who has done something, who has murdered someone or killed someone even in an accident and feels really, you know, bad about it,
0: uh,
1: and then they end up being, it. then forgiveness can become a gift for them. But I I really do believe that it is much more a gift for ourselves that, you know, if I'm, if I'm mad at you for something you did, every time I think about you or every time, you know, a certain song comes on the radio or, but every, you know, something triggers every time I think about you and what you did and how upset I am, and you're out there living your life. You don't care. I mean, you don't know. It's not triggering anything for you. And I don't, especially if I don't have any interaction with you anymore, I'm the one getting upset. It's like you are taking me back to that moment every time I think about it, you know, or that experience or that relationship. Every time I think about it, and I'm the one whose blood pressure goes up, like, I you I know, get a heartache. Uh, I'm irritable and hard to be with with the people who I'm around now. And, you know, it's all playing out in my life. It is having no impact on you, and you're the one I'm mad at. Right. Oh, yeah,
0: that's Right.
1: So why, you know, maybe, not even maybe, it's like, so I can, I need to find a way to find peace with, yes, that happened. No, I didn't like it, or I didn't like the outcome of it. And you know what? That happened on February 10th, 2004. And <laughs> now, July 2011. Um, there's something wrong with me if I'm still living on January on February 10th, 2004 you know, this many years later, right? I can't change what happened, you know, on that date that many years ago, but I don't have to relive it or let it run my life now. So in that sense, it really feels like it is a gift for me just to accept that happened and to bless it. And, if, you know, if I'm if I'm lucky or, you know, and I can find some way of, yeah, that re- was really bad. And here are three things that I got out of it that never would have happened. You know, that are good for me. They wouldn't have happened if that event hadn't happened or that relationship hadn't happened. That's nice, but sometimes you can't do that. Sometimes it's just, you know, it wasn't fair. You're mad about it, and okay, you just have to accept it and decide what you're going well, your to do now.
0: Right, which again is your choice, which is freedom to get just- through. Magically all comes together, doesn't okay? it? Absolutely.
1: It's <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, I would have guessed that we would have talked more about forgiving ourselves versus forgiving others. Ah. But it just didn't work out that way, did
0: it? <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Well, that was a classic thing, though. You <laughs> know, I guess again, one of the things that I spell out is sure you can't really truly forgive somebody else until you forgive yourself. But that'd be a whole other conversation if that's really real or not, or just another thing we say to make ourselves feel better. Uh,
1: yeah, I think maybe we should schedule a show on self forgiveness. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited Yeah, I'm I think the last time we talked about forgiveness in the last 10 minutes or 15 minutes, we started to go down the path of self-forgiveness and of course didn't have time for it. I think, I think, that's it. Yeah. I think we should just like do a whole show on self-forgiveness. Yeah, yeah well we our time is winding down pretty rapidly, so I think that's one reason I don't want to open the focus self forgiveness uh for this show but um let's just take a really quick little break and then we'll come up and wind every come back and wind everything up and um and preview what's coming up in the future.
0: Four seven eight five oh one five two three
1: where that saying comes, scoot away. Apparently she didn't scoot, she walked away, but uh, I say that a lot too. I'm just noticing how I talk, which is kind of fun. But I have a devotion to read. When I was looking at the devotion and trying to find one titled Forgiveness, I could not. I've written now, I guess, over 365 devotions because I got to a year about Months ago, and I write them every day, and it's fascinating. I always think I'm going to have one titled the exact title of the show. I certainly would have thought I would have had one titled Forgiveness, but I found one titled Resistance. And this is an interesting thought after I get through reading it, connecting the idea of resistance to forgiveness. Here is the devotion. The amount of suffering one experiences is equal to the amount of resistance one is having. This was a quote from the movie Leap. I realize this has been my true life experience recently. Tonight, I felt, for the first time, full acceptance of my unemployed state. I now see how I have been resisting it by actually trying to make myself accept it just as the quote suggests, in the moment I embrace the truth of what is, suffering is. We have a saying in our church, what we resist persists. So in resisting something, I'm actually inviting more of it into my life, creating more suffering. I have a hunch God never resists, but accepts everything as is. Even if there are bumps, curves, and jagged points along the way, God simply flows forward. I am going to stay mindful of when I feel myself resisting trying to force acceptance. Remembering all I have to do is let go and accept what yes. is and allow the peace of perfection to reclaim its natural state within my experience. There's a couple of things in that devotion that drew my eye to it this morning. One, one, the idea of resistance with forgiveness. And going back to my original comment and saying that for years as a therapist, I've told people, you know, we forgive for, the, for ourselves and not for the other person. But now, after talking about it some, I'm seeing that when I stay in a state of unforgiveness, I am really... Choosing to stay in in some form of resistance of what is, whatever happened, that I feel that there would be a reason to to forgive, and I'm choosing not to forgive. That choosing not to forgive, I I'm thinking now sets up a sense of resistance, a sense of tension that may permeate into all areas of my life. And as I continue to resist forgiving or choose to stay in this state of deciding whether or not to forgive, you know, I'm actually perpetuating a state of tension or resistance, and I'm I'm outside of the natural flow. And so as I resist forgiving, I am harming myself. And so that original idea that we forgive for ourselves, you know, there's there's a real basis of truth for that. And the other thing that popped out in this particular devotion was the idea of trying to force myself to accept something. And I think there's a connection with sort of faking my forgiveness for someone. Um, When I really forgive, I don't think there's any charge or reaction around that person or around the memory of that situation. Um, I think many times forgiveness is such a classic thing to say. I, I need to forgive so I can move on that we make some overture to forgive, I make some overture to forgive, and when I'm just kind of talking the talk and not really experiencing a deep forgiveness, And, and the indicator of that for me would be when I think about that experience or when I look at that person or I'm around that person, do I still have an energy charge around that? If I do, then I don't think I've actually forgiven. I have a couple of different friends that I know that talk about different things that have occurred in their life and they've forgiven their parents or they've forgiven that friend or they've forgiven that spouse, but, you know, they they don't have any connection or relationship and when they talk about the experience, you know, there's anger, there's still that hurt, there's still that bitterness. And so I wonder, and I certainly relate to that, that that, 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 that true level of forgiveness cuts through any kind of resistance to any kind of emotional charge, and it just it becomes flat. It becomes this um, perfect piece of perfection. I like that line in the devotion, piece of perfection to reclaim its natural state within my experience. I really believe that my natural state is a state of peace and that on any level that, that that I am not experiencing that peace, so that's my indication that I'm in resistance of something. I'm in a state of experiencing the human condition of the spiritual condition or experience. I don't know, spiritual condition, but spiritual experience. And so that peace is my natural state. It's kind of my indicator, my thermometer to let me know, am I fully, truly accepting? Am I faking my acceptance? Am I faking my forgiveness? Or am I really, truly, deeply at peace? And, you know, it's a fascinating thing to really think about, and we really do enjoy having this hour to look at that because, even if it's just an hour a week to really just stop and breathe and contemplate, you know this experience really is one of perfection. This experience of being human and having a spiritual experience is what we sometimes talk about and then we turn that around and we understand that we're really spiritual beings having a human experience so when we really look at that and take the focus off of the human and take the focus back to the spiritual, read in that truth, look at different ways that saying yes to spirit can realign us with the natural perfection of who we are, You know, even if we just do that once in an hour, it, it really permeates into other areas of our lives. And when we're starting doing that, any kind of activity or kind of a daily ritual can make such huge difference, even if it's just a five-minute morning slowdown. I do some group work in the Dallas County women's jail, and I have an opportunity to work with 64 women in an open pod. And we set intentions on Monday morning and Friday morning. We set intentions, and we spend about five minutes setting an intention, coming up with three ways that we're going to practice that intention, and then we spend about three minutes in silence and meditating and putting our focus on that intention for the next several days. Intentions can be anything from I want to be more peaceful, I want to experience joy, I want to handle my anger differently, I want to be a better friend. And then the practice, the three things that we're going to practice are very specific. Um, you know, I'm going to write a gratitude list. I'm going to tell three people today how important they are to me. Um, I'm going to count to ten before I yell at anybody today. The three things are very specific. And these women have come from every walk of life, uh, every kind of human experience you could think of, all very different. And every one of them in the past who have been doing this now for about two months have reported amazing change in their life simply by doing that little five-minute ritual, setting intention, three or four-minute quiet time. And that's just twice a week that we do that. And then they do the practicing every day. They try that practicing. And again, try. Many times they come back and report, well, you know, I only did one of the three things, and I only did it one time during the week. But The intention was there, which draws the awareness to the fact that, you know, I have the choice to scream at this person or count with ten. Before I'm aware, I don't even have a choice, going back to the idea of freedom and choice. Before I become aware of something, I don't have the choice to choose something different. So becoming aware that forgiveness is really, I'm thinking for me now, Yes, it's definitely for me if I choose to forgive someone. But on a deeper level, you know, ultimately in the spiritual experience, there is nothing to forgive and no forgiveness needed, I guess. And I really could just kind of sit with that for a moment and let that wash over me. And it's funny, anytime I hear what I perceived for myself to be kind of a, a deep truth, there's a little ten-second, oh, that's so true, that's so right, and then there's like four and a half days of, are you crazy? That can't be right, that's wrong, but um, I really do think there's something to be said for looking at how we've established this whole concept of forgiveness and um, and putting that in context with really spiritual beings. Hmm. So now as we kind of close and we always try to think of uh, spiritual practices that we can say yes to that help us with the topic at hand, certainly forgiveness, if I'm going to uh, try to work that out, if there's something that I tangibly uh, need to work on and do some forgiveness work and don't just am not able to just leap to the concept of being spiritually at peace with it, but, you know, absolutely there's a lot of value going through the human stages to get to the outcome of things, certainly as a therapist. <laughs> I make a living off those human stages. So um, there's a lot of value to that. Um, and the different spiritual practices that could support forgiveness, I think, for me, is that meditation and calming my mind and then the spiritual practice of community of asking others into what I'm doing, what I'm struggling with, um, and learning to forgive others and forgive myself. I'm glad we're going to do a whole show on self-forgiveness because um, I actually got an email last night from a woman that I barely know but um, she knew me through a couple of different places and had known a bit of my history and uh, talked about how she's gotten to a place where her body is physically um, manifesting physical symptoms because she's emotionally beating herself up over some childhood trauma and feeling responsible and um, feeling unworthy, and she's you know physically and mentally and spiritually beating herself up, and now her body's responding to that. And so the idea of community and reaching out and letting someone else know the truth of what we're experiencing is such a powerful spiritual tool. And if I'm stuck in a state of resistance or, uh, quote-unquote, needing to forgive someone or to forgive myself you know, reaching out and sharing that and just saying the words, I need help forgiving myself, I need help forgiving Aunt Edna for locking me in the bathroom for twelve days when I was two, or whatever, you know, the situation is that, that in our mind we're holding on to, choosing not to forgive, resisting, letting acceptance flow in. And that is an interesting, I think, progression. When you forgive there's the natural of accepting, and then that through that acceptance, the resistance falls away, and that sense of perfection can return. So, there's sort of a, a cycle to it. Um, as to most things, we can jump ahead in that cycle and just get into the spiritual side of it. But many times, we have to go through the human experience of the steps, and, um, and I feel like that's probably. Some of the uh, one path to getting to forgiveness is you know reaching out, talking about it, and then working on the forgiveness, which would open the door to the acceptance. And then once I get back into the acceptance, I'm not resisting anything, then I'm in that natural flow of perfection and spiritual. And the funny thing to me is that uh, thinking about spiritual practices, you know, it's not as if I can do it one time or do the cycle or do the spiritual practice and, and be done with it. Uh, wow, I really. I continuously want that. You know, certainly I've done enough, said enough, practiced enough, um, but I I am really embracing the concept that as I maintain, you know, breathing that every day is, is the day that I have to reclaim my spiritual practice and reassert um, the truth of my day by saying, yes, to spirit, over and over and over again. It doesn't just happen one time, and I'm done for a lifetime. It's something that literally I have to uh, continue that spiritual practice every day, and continue reaching out to people, meditating, journaling, praying, doing whatever you know works for me. I talked to another friend this week, and being out in nature is what works for her, and she, for whatever reason, hadn't found a venue to be able to get out into nature. For several weeks, her work or the heat, or some reason, you know, had convinced her it wasn't a good time to go out and sit outside or find a place to sit. And she really was feeling the, the unrest of that. And I think when we don't, when we get out of our spiritual practice or get out of our routine, things irritate us more, and then we have more opportunity to find ourselves in need of forgiveness of ourselves or others because we're more. That we're at more unrest and when we're at unrest uh, I think I'm more vulnerable when I'm at unrest I'm more vulnerable to uh, feeling the need to forgive or feeling the need to be forgiven so I think that's the wrap of what I had to think about here without my wonderful side, partner talker Tracy to finish it out with us I will leave us on that idea that um, that when we get into forgiveness that it, it opens that door to acceptance and realigns us with the perfection of who we are, that peaceful state of perfection of our natural state. So join us next week and we'll look at another topic and the importance and how we can uh take an ordinary topic and look at how we say yes to spirit around that topic and how it impacts our human experience as we continue to focus on being spiritual beings. In the meantime, join us uh, at GodInMyDay.com, ReclaimJoy.com, and uh, whatever you do, wherever you are, make sure you go out every day, not just today, not just for this hour, but every day, go out and remember to say yes to Spirit.